Next on BYU Sports Nation, bowl week underway for the BYU football Cougars. Is the Idaho Potato Bowl a bigger deal than you may think? The Rebels knocked out BYU hoops in overtime. The one thing that could have made the difference. Maybe the answer is relying on another 1,000-point scorer coming off the bench. Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler will join us with his solutions. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, December 17th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton teamed up with Spuddy Buddy's newfound best friend, Jerem Jordan. Uh, yeah, Spuddy and Buddy and I have a long history uh, I thought I destroyed him uh, in the form of, uh, you know, baked potato. But here he is again. He's on our set. Just in his little, he's got his beanie and sitting there all excited and happy. He's like, it's my week. Be always in the potato bowl. You know, like, so exciting for him. Have you settled your differences? <laughs> Absolutely not. I want to knock him out. <laughs> Does an Idaho potato bowl win mean that... You what essentially knock Spuddy Buddy out, or is it? Does that mean that you have well, no, reconciled he, and you're friends no, now? He he won no matter what because Bjorn's in the potato bowl. Okay, like so, okay, not to be confused with the potatoes bowl. Okay, it's singular. This yes. week when you're telling yes. your friends or not about Bjorn in this bowl game, it's the famous Idaho potato bowl, and he's literally in a bowl. Yes, I think he it's is. the perfect setup on his throne of lies, as the you say, throne of potatoes. Game of Potato Thrones. It's yeah. Bowl Week, man. BYU's got a football Friday five days from now. All Here's right. today's show lineup. Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, will join us to discuss BYU football, why he thinks or does not think the Idaho Potato Bowl is a big deal, and what in the world happened against UNLV. The carnage, speaking ah. of, continues in 30 minutes with our and one recap. And big deal, I'm not no deal. a lot. A Monday version of Big Deal, No Deal, coming up in 40 minutes. I thought minutes. I mailed it in. <laughs> I used a 28-cent stamp, stamp instead of whatever it is now. Oh. I can't tell you how much a stamp costs right now. Do you know? Is it 40? How much is a stamp? Like 45 cents? 40, how much is a stamp right now? I, I don't know. 50? 49? 50, it's 50 cents. 50? 50 cents. I thought it was like 32. That's how off I am. <laughs> wow. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball falls to UNLV 92-90 in overtime at the buzzer on a 25-foot three-pointer from the Rebels. Ouch. Yoli Childs recorded his eighth double-double of the season. 25 points, 11 rebounds. He was, in a word, incredible again. The Cougars off until Saturday, finals week, when they travel to another old Mountain West Conference rival, San Diego State. <sighs> BYU football travels to Boise this morning in preparation for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. As part of this week's activities tonight, the team will participate in tackling a hunger event where they will bag food for children. So more than just the game, good luck to to the Cougars who have a uh, fun week in Boise. In the NFL, Jamal Williams had 12 carries, 55 yards, and one swaggy touchdown celebration. In Chicago, and a Packers loss, however, to the Bears yesterday. Taysom Hill will play tonight as the New Orleans Saints take on the Carolina Panthers in Monday Night Football. And BYU women's basketball beat Colorado State in the Marriott Center. It was a barn burner. 
51-42. That's that was four quarters of basketball. Combined twenty-five percent shooting from both teams. Yeah. Freshman Shaley Gonzalez though, twenty-nine points, career high, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals. The Cougars host Northern Colorado Friday. Shaylee Gonzalez is the truth. Yeah, she's the real deal for sure as a true freshman. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bowl week is upon us. The Cougars headed to Boise today in preparation for a football Friday and looking to get back on track with a bowl game win. BYU at 6-6, six and six, Western Michigan at 7-5. and five. You look at the records and maybe what the prognosticators are saying about this game and you think, eh, it's not that big of a deal. But maybe it should be a big deal. Jerem, why is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl a big deal for the BYU Cougars? It isn't, Spencer. It's not. It's Boise. It's the Potato Bowl. It is not. Uh, the payout is equivalent to the interest level in the game, right? That's the TV revenue base. It's apparently seven fifty or something. I hope that BYU makes money off this game. Well, they that, perhaps they might. might may they not. might. They might because I think they bust up there, and it's because it's close. They bust up there. Yes. Is this high school? Is this Bronco Vegas Bowl twenty fifteen to pay for a weight room? Listen, the big deal associated with this game isn't isn't the opponent or the bowl game itself, it's the fact that BYU can win another game and finish with a winning record, okay? If BYU has back-to-back losing seasons, that's not good for anybody involved and creates a tricky 2019, okay? I've, I've officially kind of held on to the Bronco Mendenhall standards for BYU football in a season for a long time. Today is the day I lower those. So let's, let's remember what those were. Ten wins, finish ranked, beat Utah, win a bowl game, right? Those were it, right? Absolutely. Right? Okay. Those were the pillars. Okay. No, no, no. New, new goals. New goals. One, beat Utah every now and then. Go to a bowl game and win that game. The end. So this is a big deal because BYU can win a bowl game and finish with a winning record. Those are Jerem Jordan's pillars. Well, the schedule's just too hard. Like, beat Utah not occasionally. Games or finishing ranked anytime soon. Just to, to recap, beat yeah. Utah occasionally. Go to a bowl game. I want game them to beat Utah every year. That game. But let's be realistic. The realistic thing is... BYU football, go to a bowl game, win a bowl game, finish with a winning record. Yay. I want it to be higher, but I look at these schedules and I go, I don't think it's realistic. Well, BYU does have the opportunity to go to a bowl game, win that bowl game, and finish with a winning record if they can beat Western Michigan. Yeah, I've conveniently made it slide into this situation. So within your (laughs) newly found expectations, can we call this at least a semi-big deal because you have lowered the expectation? No, you asked me whether the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is a big deal. The answer is absolutely not. (laughs) I think it is. I don't know. I don't want to call it a big deal, but I think it's a bigger deal than a lot of people are giving it credit for. A winning record is everything for a head football coach. He's hired to win games. We're talking about job security along with the corresponding fan base enthusiasm and season ticket holders and all of that stuff. Yeah, that does not play into this bowl game. I think that it does. <laughs> the difference between 7-6 and six and 6-7. Six and seven, yeah, you're avoiding everything but the game itself. Well, it happens to Everything be that this game, game. this yeah. game yeah. determines whether or not BYU finishes with a winning record. It could be any bowl game, and you would probably say those things. Absolutely, it has I would. nothing to do Abs- with the famous has, Idaho Potato not, Bowl. Nope, but it has everything to do with BYU playing in this bowl game. Yeah. So because but if it BYU, was a different bowl game, it would be the same. You're right. Yeah. It absolutely would. Therefore, the, this bowl game is not a big deal. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl 
outside of the fact that BYU is in it? No, I don't think it is a big deal. But because BYU is in it and it is a bowl game and their chance to win and finish with a winning record with the things that I stated before were, hey, look, six and seven sounds awful. Job security on the line. Fan base enthusiasm on the line. Like, BYU needs to win this game. If they oh, don't, yeah. it's going to get very, very weird. Oh, no. Like, any and all good that happened kind of goes away if BYU loses this game to Western Michigan. You're a 13-point favorite. Let's go. Okay. After trailing by 17 at halftime, the men's basketball team against UNLV had a shot to win in regulation at, in uh, Las Vegas. Then in overtime, the Cougars had a one-point lead. Josh Hardnett gives BYU the lead. Noah Robo- Robotham. Buzzer beater, three to win. Tough shot, made it. Brutal. So, Spencer, BYU wins that game if what one thing changes? Well, obviously, if uh, they can figure out a way to defend uh, the three-pointer that that won the game at the end. But I think BYU really missed their opportunity when they had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation. I thought BYU was going to win the game. I thought they came all the way back. They took the lead in regulation after trailing by 17, and then they had the ball with a chance to win it, and you have a guy named Yoli Childs on the floor. And perhaps the plan was to get Yoli Childs the ball, and it didn't happen. Get him the ball, though. Figure but it you've out. you've got yeah. to figure out a way to just let him get the ball, whether it's him face up 15 to 17 feet away and let him go to work. If the double team comes, then he can have the option to pass to a wide-open teammate. I don't know, but... Make it go through Yoli Childs. Mm-hmm. However you have to, get him the ball. Whatever. Let him be a guard coming off the screen. Literally hand him the ball. Let him have it somehow. And I think if they do that, BYU has a much better chance of beating UNLV, specifically in regulation. Also, don't get down 17 by defending a three-point line in the first half a lot better than BYU did. No game actually comes down to one thing. There are many things that go into the end, and you kind of highlight certain shots, right? Like Robotham's buzzer beater, Zach Selyus' miss in regulation, which wasn't a terrible look. I think you can get a better look, but uh, UNLV made the shot, BYU didn't, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. If BYU in the first half doesn't go down 17, the reason BYU went down 17 is because their on-ball defense was awful. They're just flying past guys, and guys are getting around them. So then it's like Lee Kamard came in and said, offense is getting into a two-on-one situation, okay, where you require help, rotation, boom, you find the guy that's open, you get a shot up either at the rim or, or a jumper or whatever, okay? The defense has got to be better. And to BYU's credit, in the second half it was. BYU is down 17 at half. They come out in the second half. They make adjustments. They're better on ball. They're taking better shots. They're making shots. BYU, BYU takes the lead in this game after being down 17 at half. That was awesome. But unfortunately, BYU didn't finish it. And even in OT, Josh Shear Hardnett trying to find TJ Hawes on, on the final offensive possession. Can't get it. TJ, you got to get the ball in Yoli Child's hands or TJ. Let's be honest. At the end of a game, it's hard to give a big man the ball on the perimeter and expect a good thing to happen. So to me, it was to get TJ Hawes the ball. BYU couldn't. Josh Shear Hardnett makes the shot. That was awesome. But UNLV made the shot to win that BYU didn't in regulation. Here's what's most disconcerting to me, and I brought up defending the three-point line, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This was the opponent that didn't shoot the three well. Yeah. UNLV averaged 27.3% from the three-point line going into the game. Terrible. They shot 20.8% better than that for a total of 48.1% against BYU from beyond the arc. They shot almost 50% from beyond the arc. 
They they made 13. Okay, they made nine in the first half. Nine. Now some of you are saying, well, that's just BYU's bad luck. No. You this wanna... is this is not a unique result this season. It's happened a few times against Illinois yeah. State in a loss in overtime. That team not a good three point shooting team. They shot one of their best percentages of the season against BYU. This happened against Houston. This happened against Weber State, who was 8 or 9% better in that game. Like, this is a trend now. You have to defend on ball, like I was saying, and, and not require the rotation that opens up a guy on the perimeter for an open three. BYU has three 1,000-point scorers on this roster. Yes, they do. They are 8-5. and five. They are two overtime losses in reality from being 10-3 and three and us having an entirely different rhetoric. But that's how finicky and fickle this game and sports can be sometimes. Now 8-5 and five and an NIT hopeful instead of 10-3. and three And how do they get themselves on the bubble? Well, perhaps, Jerem, the answer is to go to a third 1,000-point scorer, Nick Emery. Should he assert himself more now that he has been implemented back into the lineup. Yes, and I brought this up last week. I I think it's, it's, like, why isn't he a bigger part of the team right now? Is it because he's not the same player? Is it because he needs to kind of get into the flow of everything after sitting out the first nine games? Perhaps, right? He's averaging 6.3 points per game. He's playing 19 minutes. Um, is I, I think now's the time to play him more. Is he, is he not in shape? Is it a weird image given the sanctions? Like, I'm not sure what the answer is, but this we know. Nick Emery's, you he's one of the top three players on this team. He might be the second best player on the team. He can make a huge impact. Is it time to put him in the, start, him in the starting lineup? Perhaps you want Connor Harding in as a six foot six guy that can rebound and defend a, a different type of player. You don't want to go extra small if you have Emery, Hardnett, and Haas, although Haas is 6'4 in there. I'm not sure logistically. Is he a different kind of weapon off the bench? And they want to see that. I want to see Nick Emery more involved. I want to see him shoot more. I want to see. In the second half, does Nick Emery not insert himself and help in that comeback? He, he did. So I want oh, to When see... he pulled up for that super deep three on the break and it went in, I was like, yes. Nick Emery is back. And that's like a bad shot kind of, right? But it's a good shot for Nick Emery. I want to see him more involved because I think he's a tremendous player. Why not? I don't care if he plays at the beginning of the game, meaning that he starts or if he comes off the bench, but I would like to see him inch up t- closer towards starter-type minutes, 25 yeah, to 28 n- minutes a game. What 19, if, yeah, They uh, eased him in the last four games. Now it's time to go. I, I, I don't care yeah. if it's off the bench, whatever. Just let him play starter-type minutes and see what happens. I think he is a game-changer. BYU, admittedly, all of his teammates say, we feel better when he's on the floor because play more. he knows what to do yeah. and where to be. And he's taking smarter shots, and yeah. he plays hard. He's Maybe never na- lazy. He plays good defense. Maybe now's the time. And and if I gave you a blind resume, I said, hey, a team has a thousand point score. Who was a first team all league player? He sat out the first nine games, and now he's playing. How much should he play? You'd probably say like, oh, he should probably be a starter, right? Like, why wouldn't he be a starter? So we'll see. We'll see how BYU uses him. I I trust Dave Rose's judgment on how to use him. Uh, but I'm looking at this team, and I'm looking at a little bit of youth in some areas, and. Stude's a junior, 1,000-point scorer, first-team all-league guy, averaged 16 a game as a freshman. Like, hey, let's use him. Let's and go. By the way, that was the first game since Nick Emery has been back that BYU lost. Yeah, they were 3-0 until Saturday. buzzer beater heartbreaker at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. All right, basketball out for now. In with our question of the day centering on football. As we turn our eyes north, Jerem, to Boise, Idaho. Why is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl a big deal for BYU? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. 
This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Cougar Bell answers on Twitter because it gives the seniors one more game in a BYU uniform and it gives the young guys bowl game experience. Oh, and I get to go to the game. Hashtag there it is. BYUSN. Yeah. How many of you get to go to the game? I will, I'm very interested to see what kind of BYU crowd shows up on a Friday in Boise yeah, what's the weather? Christmas. What's the weather forecast? I think low 40s, high 30s. It was going to rain at one point, but I think it's just going to be partly cloudy. Yeah. Last I saw. Which isn't that if, bad. It's an afternoon if game. If you're at a, a BYU football game in December at Boise, you're a true fan, man. That's, How that's much legit. of a BYU crowd will show up? That stadium holds, I think, th- is it 38,000 total? I got a high of 42. Mostly sunny. That's not bad. That's not bad. It could be worse. It, it absolutely it, could, it, it be, could worse. be worse. Coming up, did we score this week in our N1 picks, or am I still over? Blaine Fowler will join us not to discuss... Our uh, inability to execute on <laughs> and one picks, but rather why the bowl game is a big deal and what should we be thinking about when it comes to the early signing period? This is BYU Sports News. He wore UNLV red. We need to tell him. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday is the first day of the early signing period. Tune in to BYU Sports Nation as we introduce you to the newest Cougars who will be signing their letters of intent. Head coach Kalani Satake will join us live from Boise. That's Wednesday on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to the show on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast or watch it. Going to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day. Why is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl a big deal for BYU? At Melman Mark on Twitter. Answers, because a potato bowl is always better than an empty bowl. And last season left us feeling very empty. Go Cougs, hashtag BYUSN. I'm stoked BYU's in a bowl game because if you're not, you're just terrible because it's not hard to be in a bowl game. You have to win half your games, right? I'm just saying this specific bowl game and matchup is not a big deal to me, but I'm very happy that BYU's back in a bowl game. And I think it's all about BYU finishing with a winning record. Oh, no, I'm with you. I mean, the the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, big deal, no no deal. Not a deal to you. Yeah. Okay. Joining us now to add his comments on the conversation we have rolling is Uncle B, dual threat analyst, national champion at BYU, Blaine Fowler. Blaine, welcome back to the set. What's up, boys? Now let's hear your uh, Stanford Cardinal uh, you guys, everybody argument. knows that when I wear a red shirt, it's a Stanford shirt. Yes, I, I would not this assume is, that. I, I got that. I got this shirt in Palo Alto. It's a yes. son-in-law. Thing. Your yeah. son-in-law, Dallas Lloyd, plays. Got, got to support. We still support him because we know the staff over there from it's Dallas. It's just on the heels of losing to UNLV, and, and because Coach Anderson is the man over there. They're decoy. He is the man, Lance yeah, Anderson. Yeah, yeah. He's got lots of ties to everybody here in Utah. He's a good dude, and so we root for Stanford. I'm not. There's one red team that I root for very strongly, and that's Stanford. Maybe this is a ploy for Blaine to lure uh, some of his good coaches back to Utah at some point in the future if that opportunity yes. ever arises. We'll get them back Just here. Just saying. <laughs> this is a play for a long time in the future. Okay, our question of the day, Blaine. Why is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl a big deal for BYU? The last three weeks are the big deal. And as I've been to practice and watching the work that the young guys have been getting in practice, that's something that you don't have. You get to keep your team together for almost a month more than you would otherwise. 
Um, and as much as you want them to focus on school and all that, keeping them together as young as they were this year, this is almost more important this year than any year I can remember because I can't remember a year, especially on the offensive side of the football, when they've played as many freshmen and sophomore football players. And so to have those guys have that many more practices now that carries into spring ball is really important. And, and the most important player to get that extra work is Zach Wilson. So when you start a true freshman quarterback, for him to get another game and three more weeks of practice of understanding how to read defenses and being coached up after every play and all that, it's huge for him. And so now I I believe the game is important as well because now they have to show something for the extra three weeks of practice. And if they go out and they get a win in this – the offseason is very positive. The, that youthful group comes back all together in spring ball, and they've got a positive mentality going into the offseason. And it also, frankly, helps recruiting. Not every recruit. Some kids are coming here no matter what happens in this game, but some that are still sitting on the fence may go, yeah, this team finished strong with all those young guys. And it's a chance for them to watch a game on television where the announcers are going to be saying, man, this is a really young team. They played six or seven freshmen on offense. The future is really, really bright. Recruiters are sitting home listening to that, and if and if they just whomp on Western Michigan, then these recruits are going to go. Oh yeah, I want to be part. I want to be part of that. This is an up and rising program with a lot of young guys. I have a chance to play with those young guys for the next several years. Yeah, this is where I want to be. And I think people connect with people more than ideas. And that person, like you said, is Zach Wilson. So if Zach Wilson has a great game, they go, oh, he's a freshman. I want to play with that guy. And then you look at next year's schedule as you kind of build toward the future. I've, I've pushed long and hard on this show, Blaine, saying, listen, the future is overrated. It's all about the present. But let's look at the first four games and evaluate <laughs> if the future well, is overrated. And the home schedule next year yes. is the best ever yes. for BYU. Utah. Can anybody even question that? No. Utah at Tennessee. USC, Washington are the first four. Yeah. So there is some level of preparation for next year. You don't think that there's four that, that an extra month of time with these guys is a good thing? It's literally when, when another spring because you get 15 practices for the bowl game. You get 15 in the spring. Yeah. And, I, and I look at this offensive line, and, and they were young. And they were getting better as the season progressed. But there were still some times when it wasn't that they were getting beat physically. They, they were making mental errors. Teams were showing them things they hadn't seen before. There yes. wasn't a point of reference to say – Guys, this is what New Mexico did to us last year. There was no last year for any of these guys. So there was no point of reference. They come over to the sideline at a timeout in between series, and coach can't say, hey, guys, this kind of a twist in that front, we saw this when we played SMU two years ago. You know this. No, there's none of that. So there's no – everything was brand new, and teams would come into games, and if they, if they were teams that just lined up and played you straight up with really good talent like Wisconsin – Hey, they, the guys did pretty well. Physically, they were pretty good. It was when they played teams. Cal's a perfect example of that. Cal came in and ran a bunch of twists and, and fr- fronts that BYU hadn't seen. And BYU struggled to pick those things up because they have no frame of reference or experience with it. So I watched the balance of the season and I go, I'm not as concerned because they weren't physically getting beat up. They were mentally trying to learn the game, and who plays? I mean, they played four freshmen and a sophomore on that line a bunch this year. Many games started three freshmen and a sophomore. You, you lose know? Austin Hoyt and that's it? Yeah, and so, so now three extra weeks of practice where they get to see a bunch of stuff. I watched them uh, one day in practice run a bunch of blitz pickup stuff, just crazy stuff, Say now you pick this up. And I can remember in 84 when we won um, the national championship, a veteran line with a center that had been there forever in Trevor Maddich. I mean, I can remember before that with Steve Young as a quarterback and Bart Oates playing center, where 
A team in the very first series would run something we hadn't seen, and Trevor would go in the huddle and look to the other linemen and go, guys, guys, this is, this is exactly what Utah State ran against us last year. Remember this, that outside twist? I'm going to make a lucky call, and we'll just slide and pick it up. The line's making adjustments in the huddle in the first drive. That could not possibly happen this year with the group we have. Yet, it's an unbelievably talented young group of offensive linemen. Um, and that's where it all starts for BYU when they've been really good. So this extra time of practice with those guys combined with a young quarterback and young receivers is huge. The defense has already arrived. They're very good. It's a top 25 defense. And they're going to get better. But, but offensively is where BYU struggled. And it was, it was a lot about youth. And they made a big youth movement this year. Every practice is important for a young group. Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, with us on BYU Sports Nation, dual threat analyst. We'll discuss basketball now. BYU, after a heartbreaking loss to UNLV at T-Mobile Arena, three-pointer at the buzzer, lose by two to the Rebels and drop to eight and five on the season. So assessing where BYU is now through 13 games at eight and five. I mean, they're two overtime losses away from being 10 and three and us having an entirely different, fun, happy, what-if conversation, Blaine. So what, what are the expectations now? I mean, it's hard to say. They have got to get better defensively. There's no question about it. And they made a fundamental change in what they were doing offensively to be more up-tempo because it fits the skill set of this group better. But when you're pushing the basketball and you want to go score 90 or 100, something gives on the other end. And and they're not great in interior defense right now with the rotations. They don't have a big-time rim protector in there. Yeah, Yoli's a good shot blocker, but he's not a guy that just sits in the post and you can tell your guards, hey, go push up on those guys outside. Because it doesn't matter if you get beat off the dribble. Just put your nose on the back of their number. Don't let them pull up because if they get to the rim, they're not going to make a shot. Now, Gonzaga can do that in every game. So so they have got to figure out a balance of how much they – they want to push the basketball and how much it's effective them on the defensive end with legs and all of that and how they want to defend. How many games is UNLV going to play this year? 31 one games? Probably. That game plan against UNLV is going to be good in the other 30 games. Like, that was just unbelievable. Because what you say against UNLV is they can't shoot. Just look at the numbers. They cannot shoot threes. And BYU doesn't have a big rim protector, so play off of them. Don't let them beat you off the dribble because if they're going to win, they're going to have to beat you off the dribble, get to the rim, or get fouled and shoot free throws. And so BYU says, well, they, okay, that's, a great, that's, a, that's the right game plan against that team. And what do they do? They go down and just knock threes down like they're going out of sight in the first I mean, half. mean, nine in the first half. It's like I, they, they, you could leave them open. They can't shoot that good in practice. At least that's not what they've shown. Now, maybe they turned a corner. So then BYU tries to adjust, and guess what? Then UNLV does what they do best, and they get to the free throw line. And they're, when you're double-digit plus in free throws made, you're going to have a hard time. I like the BYU came back in that game, but – I don't fault the game plan at all. And then how does UNLV win? They win with a shot that's the worst thing that they do. Right? So if you were going to design a defense, you would say against this team, do not let them get to the, um, to the free throw line and, and tie the game up there or, or win the game there. Uh, don't let them attack the rim and get a shot at the rim. Make them shoot a step back three because that's what they don't do well. And they make that. So I almost feel bad because I feel like they had the right game plan against this team. They got down with that game plan. They battled back and made adjustments. Um, and, and in the end, they get killed by a shot that UNLV has no business making. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what you do on that one. But I, but I do think they, they need to figure out what their identity is going to be defensively. And the offense has something to do with that. The pace they play at and how they play offense has something to do with how they can play D. All right, Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Station talking football and basketball. 
here's hoping the Cougars can uh, figure it out this week off and go get it done against San Diego State. Yeah, and San Diego State, that's another team that you would say, let them shoot threes um, and, and don't let them penetrate. And San Diego State's a really good defensive basketball team. So you almost have the same game plan that you had against UNLV. If they go down and knock down nine threes in the first half, I don't know what you do. Man, there's, <laughs> there's something threes. about teams it's getting into a rhythm, though. It's like they see that first shot go down and then the whole mentality It's hard. Changes. Elite teams can go press up on the perimeter. They have a shot blocker. They, like, some teams can play with pace and defend on the other end. But, you know, that, those are the top, top teams in the country. You can only do so much. Right. You, you have to push so your resources somewhere. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Blaine. All right, guys. Great to have you with us. Coming up, BYU's 219th in three-point defense. Is that a big deal or no deal? Who got their and one picks right for the UNLV game? Anyone? Bueller? 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 Find out next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Bueller? Hey, let's go to Boise, Blaine. Tomorrow night, watch or listen to BYU basketball. Dave Rose as the coach, Zach Selyus, and Andrew May join Greg Rubel to discuss Cougar hopes. It's tomorrow, 8 Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with your second look at today's BYUSN headlines. BYU men's basketball losing to UNLV 92-90 in overtime at the buzzer on a 25-foot three-pointer from the Rebels. The team's shooting 27% from the three-point line going in. Woof. Shot 48% from the three-point line against BYU. Yoli Childs did record his eighth double-double of the season. 25 points, 11 rebounds. BYU for finals week off until Saturday when they travel to another Mountain West Conference foe from yesteryear, San Diego State. And Charles Abuo just travel with the team? I think that'd be cool. BYU football travels to Boise this morning in preparation for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Part of this week's bowl activities tonight, the team will participate in tackling hunger. They'll bag food for children. So enjoy the week in Boise for the bowl game, which is on Friday. In the NFL, Jamal Williams had 12 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown, plus an elite celebration in the end zone. However, Green Bay lost to the Chicago Bears yesterday. The Bears. Taysom Hill will play tonight as his first place New Orleans Saints take on the Carolina Panthers in Monday Night Football. What will Joe Testor sound like when he describes Taysom Hill tonight? Taysom Hill does it again! (laughs) (laughs) Love it. He was one of our first guests when we were on the radio. That's great. Week number one. Yeah. BYU women's basketball beats Colorado State in the Marriott Center 51-42. Freshman Shaylee Gonzalez, the truth, scored a career-high 29 out of the 51 points. Nine rebounds, four assists, three steals, and this just in. She's the West Coast Conference Playa of the Week. Yeah, thank goodness for Shaylee Gonzalez. At one point oh, man. on Saturday, BYU was 1-18 from the three-point line as a team. I'm telling you right now, I could go at least 3-for-18 left-handed. 1-for-18. Not contested, though, with someone in my face, probably. Well, and Juddy <sighs> was understandably frustrated because... I'm frustrated! In his mind, he never misses a shot, so... I don't think he has. <laughs> Since 1978, I don't think he would miss. Oh, he's happy to have Shaylee Gonzalez. And again, he told us on BYU Sports Nation, she could have gone to any Pac-12 school that she wanted to. Mm. She chose BYU, the star out of Arizona. Yeah, she's great. Seven and Fantastic. three are the Lady Cougars, or just the Cougars, right, Jerem? There's no Lady Cougars. That's not a thing. <laughs> By the way, Gonzaga 10 and one in the league in uh, women's. And Gonzaga hoops getting, getting worked at North Carolina. Wait, Gonzaga's men's and women's basketball teams are both good? This just in. That's weird. It happens every year. Yeah. Also, uh, a trend. 
that is not so much fun our end one picks picks predictions and one on BYU Sports Nation. Let's recap UNLV. I went into the I game. didn't ask for anything tough here. Did I? No. I had a 6 to nothing lead in the end one picks going into this game. Yep. Two points for the first pick. If you get that right, you have a chance for a bonus point on the free throw, if you will. Jeremy, let's recap. One two-pointer. BYU will win. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that this was like mailing it in. I really did. And little did. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then I then I realized. Remember, I said, "Babe, BYU's one and eight since so six. BYU's one and nine now. One and nine in Vegas. BYU one going into the game against UNLV. According to Ken Pomeroy, had a, was a seven point favorite. Yeah. ESPN, I think the uh, the line in Vegas had BYU as a five point favorite. You said, "Okay, BYU's going to win. BYU's going to win." And then they're down seventeen and a half. I go to a party. I don't know the second half. I watch it late, and then I yeah. Anyway. Okay, and my and one pick. And what? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Nick Emery was scoring double figures. Nine points. Is it asking the dude that scored a thousand points a lot to score ten? Well, it is when he doesn't play a ten minutes. But how many he, minutes? He how many can only control so much of that. Yeah, he scored nine points in uh, twenty minutes. Okay. Twenty minutes. <laughs> okay, so I, I have zero. I'm just the worst of this. <laughs> Oh, for what six? Are the odds? six. What right? are the odds that UNLV shoots that way? What are the odds that you bring up odds with Vegas and BYU a game in Vegas? One hundred percent. Take that bet every time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How, how how much deeper is my deficit? Okay. My two pointer. BYU will have at least eighteen assists as a team. They average seventeen. Mm. Oh, no. Nope. This factored into it as well. A lot of individual play happening on Saturday night for BYU. As long as the ball goes in the bucket. Granted, they did score basically at will in the second half. BYU had 13 assists as a team, which is four below their season average. BYU scored 83 points, though, in regulation. That should be enough to win. I agree. Even with those assists. So, no two-pointer for me. My and one pick. And one. BYU will have four guys scoring double figures. Swish! Great, but it doesn't count because I didn't get my two-pointer right. That's the third time that's happened to me this year where I didn't get the two-pointer right, mm. and I got my and one pick right. Yeah. So zero points Did there. Did Zach sell your score in overtime to get in 10? Zach fouled out, I don't but know he when had he scored 10, 10 points. I don't know when he yeah. scored 10. It, was, like, it, was, it came it down to him. Requir- yeah. yeah, it came down to Zach. So what can I do that's uh, simpler than that? So at San Diego State, I'll be like, you know, Yoli Childs will score in double figures. Or Twenty something. points. We'll Twenty points for Yoli Childs. No, I'll do like seventeen. No, 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 no. He average. Just go with his average. What is he average right now? I'm not listening. Twenty-two. I'm going to do something very do lower. Simple. Do just lower than his average. Get on the board. Average. Just to, like BYU will score a basket. Like just to get on the okay, board. What BYU is, will make a three. What is guaranteed <laughs> to happen? That is still somewhat. That is a minor risk. I have risk. six days to figure that out, or four. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be harder than BYU will make a three. Okay. Make three threes. <laughs> and then they just have this epic two. Yoli Child scores 20 points. 20? No. That seems, he averages 22, doesn't he? I know he? what he averages, but does he have 20 in every game? I don't think so, right? Except for three, I believe. So that, that wouldn't be every game. So uh, he, he scored 20 plus in 10 of 13 games. There's five games he hasn't scored 20. Oh, okay. So, yeah, 20 is too high. <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. Maybe you're the curse, so maybe you shouldn't. Put I'm it on the Yoli. curse. Maybe you shouldn't put. I it on did Yoli not Childs. defend anybody on Saturday. You that put wasn't it on Yoli Childs. I didn't miss a three in regulation. I didn't. I didn't not make a free throw. Like <laughs> I didn't do anything, good or bad. Oh, no, no correct picks. I love it. Yeah.
Score remains six nothing in my favor. <laughs> Jerem's going to go ultra still, ultra conservative. Games. Like it's like May in baseball. Like it's so early. It's not even 2019. Come on. Coming up, which Cougar in the NFL had the best Sunday? Ah, that is maybe a good someone question. had a great day at church. I don't know. Yeah, did it come from uh, the San Francisco 49ers, Jerem? That was atrocious. <laughs> and big deal, no deal. BYU facing multiple new offensive coordinators early in the season. Is that a big deal? This is BYU Sports Nation. Playoffs are on the line for the Seahawks, and you lose to the Niners. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar Sports with a social media twist. Look for the latest episode to be released tomorrow. You can also watch it on demand on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. It's a Monday. And BYU Sports Nation is happily back to work with our question of the day. Why is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl a big deal for BYU? At Tucky Muffaloom answers on Twitter. That's fun. The bowl game is not about this season. It is about next season. BYU is a young team, and this game indicates the likely trajectory for 2019. I don't believe that there's a direct correlation to how you fare in the bowl game to the next season. I don't. Now, we have drawn a lot of comparisons to this year's team going back to 2010, right? BYU Mainly because you're playing bowl. in a whatever bowl with a freshman quarterback. And BYU against almost Against a team beat, you should beat. Almost beat Utah, but came up short in heartbreaking fashion. They got to 6-6. Six and six and That could they, be almost every year. They won a bowl game against the team that they were a heavy favorite against. Yes. Yeah, UTEP was awful. Then BYU comes back the next year with that same freshman quarterback only to bench him. Yes. And with Riley Nelson they finished 10 and 3. Yeah. With the first year of independence and that schedule was not tough. The last time BYU was ranked at the end of a season in any poll, the coaches poll at number 25 and the last time BYU Because had USC was unavailable under to sanctions, be yes. Yeah, otherwise BYU's not in the And the last time BYU finished with double digit wins. Yeah. The only season they finished first in year of independence. With double-digit wins. We've gone by AP because we think that the SID, a.k.a. the coaches poll, is just whatever. We think that the AP poll, the writers actually try and pay attention and vote, you know, well. And BYU's not finished ranked in that poll. With the future so let's of get BYU, to a bowl game. That's yeah. the standard. Get to a bowl game. With the future of BYU football yeah. on the mind, we play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Ben Bagley, roll out. Number one. Let's start here. Big deal, no deal. The early signing period on Wednesday begins. Uh, No deal, but I do love it, okay? Because not all of these guys will play for BYU next year, per se, but it's football, it's the next guys. I love that stuff. Ultimately, I say no deal because what matters is who actually plays in the games, but but that group is likely to come out of this group and February's group. It is fun, and it's added context for sure, so I like that part. I can't call it a big deal until I see what the early signing period actually brings in. Yeah, who? Because there is one particular player you and I have a a really big focus on. Absolutely. And and, uh, this player tweeted that he's going to announce tomorrow, a day early. So we'll see. I can't tell you the name quite yet. Can't discuss it. Hopefully Wednesday we will. (laughs) But if said player comes to BYU... Then maybe we're answering this yeah. question then differently, and it is a big deal. And even right then, now, he's, he's got to get here, he's got to play, he's got to make it, and we think he would. Until I find out who's actually coming in the early signing period, can't call it a big deal. So no deal for me right now. Number two. 
Wrong answer. It's a big deal, of course, because BYU Sports Nation will be featuring a signing day special on Wednesday, which will feature a live interview with Kalani Sataki from Boise Spencer. Okay, well, yeah, that part's a big deal. (laughs) That's the producer in me. (laughs) The third floor approves. Uh, Number two, big deal, no deal. BYU face four new offensive coordinators next season. Three. In their first three games, big deal because you just it's it's hard to know kind of what's what's coming there. So uh, let's walk through it. Utah, Troy Taylor, new head coach at Sacramento State. Tennessee got rid of uh, their guy. Uh, USC, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury is the new in. guy. So yeah, three new ones. Utah State is the is the fourth there, and potentially more. We'll see. Um, this is a big deal. It's just kind of. But I'm scared to death of Cliff Kingsbury and USC. I thought BYU would have a shot in that game, and now Cliff Kingsbury is the guy. I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be a really tough challenge. Tyler Huntley comes back as the quarterback for Utah, which should help Utah's new offensive coordinator transition okay. Like, a la Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams helping Ty Detmer in year number one, Tyler Huntley will help Utah's new offensive coordinator. And they're used to this. Troy and, Taylor literally yes. stayed for two years, and that was like that was the a exception. year longer. That was the normal. exception, right? Yeah. Under Kyle Whittingham. They're used to this. This is a weird thing. Um, I still think it's a big deal because BYU – needs any advantage they can get against those first four opponents, three of them with new offensive coordinators, in a brutal schedule. So with Tennessee breaking in a new guy, Utah breaking in a new guy, and USC, although Kingsbury knows how to light up a scoreboard. We'll see if he's even at USC. Like, there could be an NFL team that could still pluck him. What's the buyout? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Uh, Any advantage that BYU can, can have? early in the schedule yes please number three let's go to basketball big deal no deal byu hoops ranked 219th nationally in three-point field goal defense are you saying percentage made what are we talking about here percentage Percentage. um yeah that's a big deal uh they're what 353 byu's got to be better defending the three if top half if they had been better defending the three saturday i think they win the game yes top half Okay, can UNLV shoot 42% from the three-point line instead of 48? 40-plus is high, though. I know. in the 30s. I know. But one three-pointer. It was a three-pointer at the buzzer that won the game by two for UNLV. So just a... Yeah, if they make 12 threes instead of 13, BYU BYU wins. wins. BYU wins the game. Yeah, this is a big deal. And I know that BYU... They figured some things out defensively after that players-only meeting. They shut down Utah State, and there was better energy. Like, the energy was not where it was for the three-game win streak. Well, it was an empty gym, too. That, first, that doesn't help. BYU encounters this often, though, in the West Coast Conference. You'd think they'd be used to it. Which is a concern. Yeah, UNLV was unique because they couldn't shoot very well, but they were so long and crashed the boards, and BYU's had a hard time kind of rebounding right now. BYU's got, like, a smaller backcourt at times. So, yeah, BYU's got a few things to figure out. San Diego State is a similar game plan to UNLV, like Blaine Fowler Three-point field goal percentage defense is largely based on energy, defensive energy. And it is much harder to generate that when there's not a natural feel in the building. But the Cougars have to figure that out. they got to figure out how to generate the energy in their style of play. Number four. Last one, big deal, no deal. The Monday night spotlight on Taysom Hill tonight. Uh, sure, big deal. Uh, they'll play the BYU montage you know, of him playing quarterback here and talk about how he does all these crazy things, which is really fun. It's fun to see Taysom Hill. When Taysom Hill's healthy, he's one of the most exciting players in football at any level. So it's fun to see Taysom Hill play and uh, share the spotlight the on Monday Taysom night. Taysom Hill for the Pro Bowl campaign will continue tonight. <laughs> The Saints put out a highlight reel of everything he's done this year. It is very, very yeah, impressive. It's great. 
Yeah, super fun to watch. You better believe that the Monday Night Countdown and Monday Night Football crews are all over this guy. They love a good story. Well, Jason Hill is an amazing story. Well, it's it's also it's when a quarterback does anything that a normal football player does. They go, whoa! Yes. Like when a quarterback comes out and blocks, which let's be honest, they don't actually block. It's like, Other than oh. Marcus Mariota yesterday. Ooh, he, what, he, I didn't see what a, happened. He laid a linebacker out. Nice. Um, normally the quarterbacks don't. And so they're like, wow, he can do what other players can do. And Taysom does what a lot of other players can do. He, in fact, I don't even know if Taysom Hill's seen as a quarterback, really, generally. He's like all these other things, right? Given the context of four season-ending injuries and him on multiple and occasions. And the fact that he's 47 years old. Multiple occasions, really considering, do I want to keep playing football? Like, should I just get on with my business and, then he, and I'll be and, successful and then, in business? And then he looked at himself with the shirt off and he was like, yes. Yes, I should. I'm going to <laughs> His story is incredible. Monday Night Football, this is a big deal. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Taysom. Taysom Hill does it again. Yes, Joe Tess. Coming up, how many uh, points did Jimmer Fredette score this weekend, and how many steals did he get? Plus our elite voice of the day coming up next. Is the bowl game in Boise a big deal for BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal, No Deal, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guest, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. He'll be in Boise with me this Friday. If you miss any of today's show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. We happen to run out of time for Dennis Pitta. Apologies. That's Jason Shepard's fault. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Cougars lose to UNLV 92-90 in overtime at the buzzer on a 25-footer from the Rebels. Yoli Childs, eighth double-double on the season, scored 25-11 rebounds. Cougars off until Saturday when they travel to San Diego State. Football. Traveling to Boise this morning in preparation for Friday's famous Idaho Potato Bowl. On the road again, I believe on a bus. As part of this week's bowl activities tonight... The team in its entirety will participate in a tackling hunger event where they bag food for children. Pretty cool stuff. Cougars in the NFL. I would assume they're on the road right now, if that's the case. Uh, Kyle Vanoy had three tackles and a sack as the Patriots lost to the Steelers. Fred Warner tallied nine tackles in a San Francisco 49ers, to quote Fred, huge win over Jerem Jordan's Seattle Seahawks. I'm happy for Fred. Uh, Jamal Williams had 12 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown, and a Packers loss to Dub Bears. Touchdown was Jamal's eighth in two seasons in the league. Women's basketball. Beat Colorado State in the Marriott Center to get to 7-3 this season. 51-42 the final. Freshman Shaley Gonzalez scored a career-high 29 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, only 2 turnovers. Gonzalez named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week earlier this morning. Jimmer! Fredette scored 37 points, grabbed 15 rebounds and two steals in a 117-111 Shanghai Sharks loss to the Guangzhou Long Lions. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies scored 16 points, had an assist, a couple of rebounds, and a 79-55 BC Zalgiris victory. Track and field. Cougars hosted its first indoor meet of the season Saturday. Jacob Fouts won the men's weight throw, the 10th best throw in BYU history. All-American Andreas Stapleton Johnson won the women's high jump, clearing 1.182. That's really high. That's 1.82 meters. That's uh, almost six feet. 
inch, just a just like a quarter very, of an inch under six feet. Very high. Hockey. BYU dominates Utah Valley eight to one on Friday in their final ice contest of 2018. Good luck to the gents moving forward. Today's rise and shout goes to Shaley Gonzalez, one for selecting BYU. Thank you for choosing BYU and leading the charge out of the gate as a true freshman. 29. 29. Who would she replace scored... Cassie Broadhead? We got Shady Gonzalez. We got the answer. And she's a freshman. She scored 20-plus in four of her ten collegiate games. It's pretty I may pick pretty something darn good. to do with Shady Gonzalez instead of the Maybe you should. Game. Yeah. Can the and one picks? Can, can they apply basketball. to a different can it, game? Can it apply to women's basketball? We're going to check the rules that aren't written out. All right. Is there a Google sheet with that on it? <laughs> as long as... You, Hey, as long, you can pick women's basketball as long as you don't call them Lady Cougars, right? Oh, you don't have to tell me. Okay. Tell the world. <laughs> then that's what we're doing right tell now. Tell the universe. Tell Newsline. <laughs> Why is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl a big deal for BYU football? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. John Yowd answers on Facebook because potatoes. Boil them, mash them. Stick them in a stew. Yeah, great Lord of the Rings reference. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain is worth celebrating 50 years. Jerem, you do the honors. At Kern underscore James 83. One, get more practice time in. Two, get a chance to go above 500. Yes. Three, get a better chance to beat Utah on August 29th. 255 days away. 255. 255. Okay. Conversation continues 25.07 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to another BYU great point guard on the women's side, Stacey Jensen. Nice. And no she's assistant here. digging what Shaley Gonzalez is doing. You gotta win the potato ball, man. It's a big deal. Yeah. Win, win it. Let's celebrate Bring with Spuddy on the potatoes. Jack the potatoes, show him the Provo.